Hi, everybody. You are listening to the 57th episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP. I'm DeCarlo Calloway. Alongside... We are the champions, my friend. As you can hear, Dory. No time for Astros and their trash banging in the baseball world. Hello, everyone. It's Dory and the super fan of the World Series champions, Atlanta Braves. And on today's podcast, we become real estate moguls in Richmond, celebrate the World Series with the Burgundy Boys of Atlanta, wonder if MLB will ever get hip again, and play ball in Latin America. But I want to start this episode just showcasing what we're drinking while recording this. And today, on a Friday, work week's ending, I'm kicking it back with a nice Heineken. Taking it just really simple, enjoying it. And prior to recording, I was actually eating pork rinds with them, which actually is a really, really good compliment to a glass, like to a bottle of Heineken pork rinds. I would have never have thought that. I'm I'm gonna tip my hat to your 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 intestines because uh, it, it might be an interesting morning tomorrow. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, no no gross talk here. Cheers, Heineken. What is it from the Netherlands, right? Originally, yeah, but they totally market like they totally bottle stuff in, in White Plains, Ohio. No, nah, White Plains, New York, actually. We're gonna stay on the East Coast because I'm drinking a beer from a local American brewery. It's called Brown Ale from Legend Brewing Company in Richmond, Virginia. What I found interesting was that Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, along with the city of Richmond, are going to do a 100 acre development. That's going to include the double A baseball team in Richmond called the Richmond Squirrels. We've talked about them last year sometime. They're going to invest between 80 to 100 million dollars for a multi use. What is it? What do they call it? Multi use facility? I don't remember. Well, like they usually call them like camp. Yeah, mixed use facilities or something like that. They're going to have the ballpark there, an athletics village, condos, I'm sure, shopping, your local chilies, whatever you want. Oh, chilies. Do they still have the two drink special at lunch? Do you remember that? Or I remember that uh, they might. I don't know. There's not really many chilies where I live, but you gotta go out to like the suburbs to find them. They're always a nice. They're, you know what? Those are just one of those places you can go to on a random moment, and it hits. And then uh, if you go often, no, not really. Oh no, not at all. I just I, I just threw chilies there because I. That was the first one that came to mind as opposed to like the Olive Garden or Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings. But anyways, so it, it sounds like a pretty cool idea that they're going to do just in, just outside of downtown Richmond. And it's basically that's all the rage right now in Major League Baseball, this mixed use facility. The Chicago Cubs are, have been developing Wrigley Field. They're going to have gambling. We talked about that as well earlier this year. And of course, there's the battery in Atlanta with the Braves Truist Park and they have hotel. They have the Omni Hotel there. They have like a comedy club, bars, restaurants, et cetera. So anything to keep you at the stadium or not at the stadium, in the, in the vicinity of the stadium and put uh, put money in their pockets. Yeah. Cheers Try to, to consolidate. Use development. Try to consolidate all that money from your pocket to the owners. Mm-hmm. Sad. But also to the, the local economy because you'll be providing jobs for people within the vicinity. This is true. And, uh, you know, and it'll build out. You know, there, there is a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's just 
you got to think about who gets the the fair share of it. I think that's really what it is. It's just unfortunately, you know, more times than not, it's the owners who get reap the the, the majority of the rewards as opposed to say everybody else. But depends on which perspective you look at it from. That's true, and we want to consolidate all of our beautiful social media followers to give us a follow. I don't know what I just said. Give us a follow on our social media accounts. We're on Twitter. Our handle is at HBP4040. And we're on Instagram. Still still with that brand new car smell. Our hip, hip, our Instagram line name is Hipster Baseball Podcast. And we'd love to see you there. We post all the pictures of our drinks. We have occasional thoughts bubble up in our mind that we post on Twitter. Engage with us. Show us your drinks, etc. So today, like everyone enjoyed my awesome Pavarotti-inspired song of no, the champions by a queen no we didn't to carlo the atlanta braves beat the houston astros four games to two to win the 2021 world series championship no I, good congratulations to you and your team man thank you i do want to say that if charlie morton the right-handed pitcher of the atlanta braves hadn't broke hadn't had his right fibula broken by a ball that came back at him like at 98 miles an hour my prediction of the Braves winning this in five games would have happened because the Braves lost got game five at home which would have been Charlie Morton's start and big game Charlie he got that nickname for a reason but anyways yeah but but at the same time I think that actually fulfilled my prediction because I said they would win in six yeah you're right but the, the, the important thing is that they won it's 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 amazing. It's it took me like the, the night that it happened. I was like, is this really happening? This hadn't happened in 26 years. All of Braves country is unbelievably happy. There's a retired there's there's even a retired astronaut called Colonel Shane Kimbrough. He tweeted a picture of the Braves jersey floating inside of the International Space Station, which was pretty cool. But overall, what were your what were your impressions of this World Series? Um I would say this. It was a solid World Series from a standpoint of a baseball fan. Now, if I'm an everyday baseball fan who keeps up with the majority of the 162-game season and all the playoffs, I've been very satisfied. You got the long ball. You had good pitch, pitching matchups. You saw some odd situations in terms of, you know, Charlie Morton getting his, you know having his leg broke, unfortunately. Zach Greinke getting hits and, you know, actually pitching a halfway decent game at one point. Um, so, and you had records being broken. You have Altuve hitting the most home runs in a postseason, overtaking Manny Ramirez and Bernie Williams, who were close. So, I mean, you have that. So it was nice. But if I am, say, uh, just random guy on a, say, Thursday who's just scrolling through my network and then I hit a game, it wouldn't have had the same effect to kind of gravitate. You know how sometimes you can watch some championships and you're like, yo, I can't stop. Like, you'd not be a fan, but then you just get caught up into the whole whirlwind, the energy, and you really get caught into it. It didn't have that same feeling. But it was entertaining. And, it, you know, it was a solid series. And it was good to see a team like the Braves, who seriously were counted out from the start of the season. Nobody really thought that they were going to make it to that, that distance and also have losing – one of your top players in Ronald Acuna Jr. for that for the postseason, pretty much like the whole postseason, and then Charlie Morton, your first game, 
you know, they were able to overcome it, and um, and they were the better, and they were the better team, and also they beat the Astros, so that was nice. Back back when the Braves were on the TV TBS Superstation, they mm-hmm. were called owned by billionaire Ted Ted Turner. Man, he is awesome. Ted, uh, you know, have you ever eaten at his restaurant, like Ted Montana? Ted Montana? Yeah, I have not. I have been meaning to go there for a long, long time, but I have not made it out to Ted Montana's. Hopefully, mm. that they do that in the Richmond development. I wish they would put Ted, Ted Montana's in the battery. That would mm. be amazing as a thank you to the great Tim. Tim and honestly, you know, Ted Turner. Yeah, and thank you because he's the largest bison farmer in like the world. He, and he his brought health. them back from extinction. Yes. That is like, – Legitimately. I, legitimately. And he has Parkinson's, I think, right? He has some neurological disorder, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, not doing, he's not doing too hot, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. he, he has – people, you have to read his biography. I yeah, that dude's lived right a life. He has lived an amazing – the guy, he won the America's Cup for any of you boaters out there a bunch of times. Yeah. He, he's risked his life to win a freaking trophy on a boat, on the yacht. Or whatever they call them. Well, Richard yeah. Branson would have something to say about that. He says, "Hey, I flew to space." <laughs> yeah, but no, Richard Branson is a uh, Ted Turner light. He's Ted Turner light. But anyways, it's funny you you talked about the Altuve home runs because one of my favorite podcasts, Bill Burr, the great comedian, on his Monday morning podcast, he mentioned this, and I actually was thinking about this as I was watching a game when Altuve hit a home run in Game Two. That's when they said, "Oh." Jose Altuve, the second baseman of the Houston Astros, he's hit 24 postseason home runs in to go into like whatever first place or third place all time. And then and they said, oh, and 16 of those home runs have been at home. Record scratch. Guys, announcers, John Smoltz, are we not going to address the whole trash banging incident of why in the world it's is his home runs so lopsided to be hitting two thirds of them at home and only a third of them on the road? Nobody said anything. Bill Burr said and he said something. It was it, it was funny because Bill Burr's hilarious. So I thought that was in poor taste by the Fox announcers not to not to even mention the the trash banging incident of the Houston Astros from four or five years ago. But overall, I this was a, this was a well played game, and I was I was surprised at how well the Braves played because that Astros offense is disgusting and they they shut them down for most of the series they did go off in game five and that but that was partially because charlie morton had a broken fibula and it was a a second consecutive bullpen game and zach grinke you're right homeboy he was two of three he had two hits in three at bats and he was dusty baker the manager of the astros he sent him up as the pinch hitter in game five yeah one that's pretty badass two that's also bad because you have no one else on your bench that you send up a pitcher. But Zach Grinke just isn't just a pitcher. He's actually a really – he's really good with the wood. <laughs> I bet his wife would say that too. hi <laughs> Nasty. So – oh, and I loved how crazy the fans in Atlanta were for games three, four, and five. It was it was amazing. Obviously, I didn't have, I didn't get a chance to go to the games, but even listening to it and watching it on TV, they said that for Game Five, which would have been the clincher if they had won, there were an estimated hundred and twenty thousand people, not in the in this in the battery, which includes the stadium. That's crazy, and they were going nuts. They did, they were, they were awesome throughout the whole postseason. 
Yeah, they had the momentum running with them. The fans honestly really helped push it through because, I mean, Atlanta was craving a, a, a win. And also just think about how the city itself being stripped of the All-Star game too, how much of a comeback that must have been and a nice feel to be able to then like bring the championship home. Yep. I I love the clutch hitting from the Braves. The Astros didn't have enough clutch hits. I loved Michael Brantley. He's the outfielder for the Houston Astros. He only had three hits. He only walked three times. But even his outs, he would have sacrifice flies. He would move the guy over. None of his stats stand out if you go to Michael Brantley's baseball reference website. But if you watched him, you're like, dude, that guy's a that guy's a ball player. Every even his outs were productive. He managed, he didn't strike out. He just moved guys over, whether it's a hit or hitting it on the opposite side, so that then his his the runners could advance for the Astros. I was really impressed by Michael Brand uh, Brantley. But and overall the Carlos Correa, the Astros shortstop, who I don't like because on our Twitter handle, I retweeted something on, do you remember when the Astros played the Dodgers back in, what is it, 2017 World Series? But do you, uh, who's the who's the, the actor the, the, who's also a physician, Kim Kim Jong? Oh, Ken uh, Jong, Ken Jong. Yeah, Ken Jong, who's hilarious. He was in The Hangover and a bunch of other, and he's now on... The Mass Singer, one of those random wacky Fox shows about. Yeah, it's the Mass Singer. The Mass Singer. So Kim is a big Dodgers fan, and he was on top of the bullpen in, at, at LA in, in Dodger Stadium, waving the Dodger fan, waving the Dodger flag. And Carlos Correa, they took a picture of him. He's throwing a water bottle at him. What's up with that? This is very uncool. But anyways, Carlos Correa said, "Quote after the after they lost, it was their pitching." They were really good. Free tonight was lights out. They shut us down. End quote. And it's it was it was incredible because it was almost a flashback to 1995 when or all the 90s when the Braves had such tremendous pitching that they would just go through all these different teams, all these different rounds. I loved it. And I love the little histor you know, we're always looking at things from a historical perspective here that the Atlanta Braves used to have their spring training in West Palm Beach and they would share it with the Montreal Expos, now the Washington Nationals. When the Braves moved from West Palm Beach back in 90, that was a 90. I remember when they moved, they moved to Orlando to go to Disney World. The team that replaced them was the Houston Astros. So even till today, the Houston Astros share a spring training site with the now Washington Nationals. Congratulations to the Braves. Freddie Freeman, their first baseman said, we hit every, quote, we hit every pothole, every bump you could possibly hit this year, and somehow the car still made it to the other side, end quote. I love I, I love it. At, now, but two days later, I realized they're the champions. They're the best team this year. They're the best team at the right time because they weren't the best team of the whole season. They only started getting hot a month before the end of the season, and thankfully, the crappy Mets, the crappy Phillies were crappy enough that they let the Braves hang around enough to get their act together to just springboard and I don't want to say sneak into the playoffs, but just get into it. And you, and you know what was a little bit different from last year, DiCarlo, was do you remember last year when the Dodgers, when the LA Dodgers won the World Series, their third baseman, Justin Turner, he tested positive during the clinching game six and he was pulled. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. And then when the Dodgers won, he came storming back out to celebrate and contaminate 
and have a major super spreader event on the field with a trophy presentation. Fast forward to this year, earlier this week, the Braves general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, who everyone is praising to the, to the, to the heavens because of his amazing trades that he made in August and every single one of those trades hit. He tested positive for COVID-19 before game six, but he stayed home. Well, because so he didn't go to Houston to be like, yeah, but he, but it, it, he was the architect. If it wasn't for those trades, the Braves don't even make it to the playoffs. No, yeah, but he's still, you know, it's, it's different from a player, you know, from a player when you've been on the field, blood, sweat, and tears, you're right there. Whereas they, they didn't even clinch in Atlanta. Maybe it'd be different if they were in Atlanta, but you know, being in Houston for that, especially if you test a positive and you're a front office dude, not surprising, but at least very sensible and responsible. Very. And you know what? Alex is Canadian. So that, that they're, di- they're different up there. They're the, yeah. like I had said earlier, they're the, the nicer North Americans. <laughs> and we had talked about a few episodes ago that it was celebration. It was not celebration champagne season in baseball. And the Braves celebrated very well beyond the, the nonsense of pouring Budweiser on each other and Corbell, obviously when you win, cause you, you don't want to, you don't want to waste the good stuff. They drank some champagne salon. They drank some Screaming Eagle Chardonnay, which is like $5,000 a bottle from Napa. And one of the coaches, I forget who it was, he was passing out. Are you a big cigar guy? No, not really. I like an occasional cigar, but I'm not one to tell you, oh, I, I love the, I love a good Dominican cigar. I love a great Nicaraguan cigar. Like, if you tell me it's good, I believe you. I'll smoke it. But anyways, they're, one of the coaches of the Braves just handing out uh, a, a Padron 1926 Siri cigars which apparently are very very expensive so rightly so you you've been playing baseball since february the season finally ends the first week of november you're champions you get to you get to drink whatever the heck you want and and lastly what i found hilarious was the braves had their celebration in atlanta they did the the they did the parade in downtown and they also did it in cobb county which is like 12 miles north of, of atlanta the Braves radio announcer Joe Simpson. No one is a con- no one is going to convince me that he wasn't drunk. To Carlo, he sounded like a WWE hype man or The Rock at his very best of just being a complete heel. Mm. <laughs> he go- he starts off by saying, "You know, the Dodgers they have great fans and they have their blue rally towels, and the Astros they have good fans and they have their gold towels, but here." We don't need those towels because we got this. And he starts the chopping motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the whole stadium, and it was it was 40,000 people today at the cel- at the celebration, just in the stadium. And the stadium, uh, what do you call it? The DJ, the audio person, they start doing the war chant music as well. And if you're a if you're a baseball fan, you're probably if you're listening to this for a reason, the Braves have been got have been getting a lot of crap for the the chop its connotations yeah. etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. right joe simpson was like i don't care we're doing this and yeah. everyone joined in like what is wrong with this guy and then he goes and then he throws in like an sec college football dig he goes he goes oh yeah the astros with their little orange yellow with their little orange towels does anyone in georgia even like the color orange hell no <laughs> 
and everyone started bursting out like cheering because in college football and the SEC world, it's Orange is the University of Tennessee and the Auburn, uh, University of Auburn, which are rivals of uh, University of Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> and oh, but it gets better, Zicarlo. Then later. As we all know, Jock Peterson, the outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, the guy who, who started wearing pearls, we talked about him about a month ago when he broke out the pearls. Jock Peterson had said before the World Series, he's like, this has been a crazy ride. I think that we're special. And he used, he used vul- vulgar language. He said, quote, we just, may, we just may be those mother effers. And he kept saying that like in other interviews. And so Mr. Joe Simpson, I think he had a little too much uh, brown sugar here from brown ale here from uh, uh, from his local brewery in Atlanta. He goes, he starts, he tells, he's like talking to the whole crowd, and he goes, and you know what Joe, what uh, what Jock Peterson said, and why don't you finish this line? Turns out we are those, and he points to the crowd, and everyone erupts and says, "Mother beep." I was like, dude, this is on MLB TV. This is like streaming online. <laughs> what, is, what is going on here? This man is drunk to Carlo. Yeah, he probably was. I'm, you know, you can blame him for being that drunk. It's been, you know, over 20 years since the Braves last won a championship. And, that, and it was a hard fought championship. Like, it was one of those championships. I think there's usually like two types I think are the most interesting. You either have the juggernaut team who completely like obliterates everybody has like the perfect season and encaps it with the championship. It's like, ah, oh, really nice. Like one of those, like once in a generation type things, or you have the scrappy team. Nobody thought of thought about those little pieces come together at the right time and the momentum hits and then they just take it. And this, this 2021 Braves team was that for sure. Hands down. So yeah, you know, let them be drunk. Damn it, why not? It's a celebration. I'm I'm not saying he was, but I'm also saying that he probably wasn't completely sober. So to balance this vulgarity from Jock Peterson, from Joe Simpson, Joe Simpson doing his best WWE hype man impersonation, Billy Aaron, the widow of the great late Henry Aaron, who died earlier this year, she went up, she gave a very classy speech, and she even quoted Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. It was actually really nice. It was actually really moving. But to get back to the vulgarity, then the Braves go up and Jock Peterson finally goes up and he's like, yeah, guess what? We are those mother effers. And it was and he just like just walks off. <laughs> and and then Joe Simpson brings up Will Smith, who's the closer for the Atlanta Braves, a lefty. He goes up and says the exact same thing. I'm like, what? What is this? This is when did this turn into like a Quentin Tarantino movie when it's just nothing but f bombs? And then poor Billy Aaron, who's like this incredibly amazing woman, so classy, he's sitting there having to listen to these nonsense. The boys, that's what you expect. Yeah, so. I I was embarrassed for her, and I I understand these guys have probably been drinking the entire week, rightly so. They just did an amazing. They just accomplished something amazing that may never happen in their lifetime again. But I really hope that after when things settle down, they go and they have a quiet word with uh, Miss Aaron and say, well, you know, we're we apologize for using that type of language around you. And on TV with kids in the with kids in the stadium, you know, kids were cheering every time they were dropping dropping those f bombs, as kids are prone to do. Mm-hmm. But overall, it sounded like a very fun parade. The Braves also had Atlanta natives, Big Boy and Ludacris performing at the at Truist Park after all the f bombs were done. <laughs> 
More f bombs came along. More more f or or bombs over Baghdad came. So mm. well, no, because Andre 3000 wasn't going to be there. So, but that doesn't mean that Big Boy can't play bombs over Baghdad. That's like that's like all these big. Yeah, but but let's be real. Andre 3000's verse was the better one. I I think they I think they would still play it. I'm not sure, but anyways, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves 2021 World Series champions. I've been very happy to call the day Wednesday morning because they, they 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 won Game Six on Tuesday on the second of November. Wednesday morning, I went online to MLBShop.com and I bought like hundred and twenty dollars worth of World Series merchandise. <laughs> mm, wow! I bought it all, baby. I bought a hat. I bought a shirt. I bought uh, glitter. I bought. I'm joking, whatever. But I bought like I bought stickers. I bought all, all that nonsense. And by the way, this stuff is not expensive. No, it's not expensive. It's not cheap, people. But I was like, you know what? Who knows if it's going to be another 20-odd years until the Braves win another one. Let me enjoy this. So, hope it'll be coming in the mail wait a couple of years before it goes on clearance. It's just, like, not years, a couple of, like, months. And then yeah. get it on clearance. And then the only the only size available for T-shirts is double X large. No thank you, my friend. No nah, thank you. It's, yeah, it's not. You just still found it in your size, man. I'm telling you. A smart shot. That's the smart, sensible way of doing it on a budget and being able to yeah. maximize it. But I wasn't being smart. I wasn't being sensible. I was still high off of the championship fumes. So mm. whatever. Okay. <laughs> At least I wasn't dropping f bombs as I'm putting in my credit card number. <laughs> well, that's probably a better place to do it as opposed to live streaming on MLB TV. That's true. Yeah. No, I was. I wasn't people. I wasn't. I may be. I may do that when I see my credit card statement next month, but not now. Mm. <laughs> But again, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. I'm happy. Braves Nation is happy. I even ran into someone. I was in an elevator during the World Series, and someone saw my Braves shirt. They were like, hey, you, go Braves. Because even though I think they were, I don't know, they were a fan of somebody else, but they said, you know, America's pooling for the Braves because they want every, all of America wanted the Braves to beat the Houston Astros. So we'll see what happens. So it's yeah. cool. It's cool to wear Braves jersey and to wear World Series championship stuff that says Atlanta on it. What else is cool? Um, well, clearly not baseball in general. So it's a lot of people. And that's been a problem that uh, I think we've discussed multiple times is the appeal that MLB is having. Well, the lack thereof in regards to, say, the younger generation because their demographics are more uh, – they're they're more they're more favorable towards the NFL, towards um, basketball, the NBA, um, even like soccer is making a lot of inroads in many places. And it's funny because I think about this a lot, and I think about like how is it that a game that is really fun to play and what and fun to watch still hasn't been able to really make its strides at the times. And the, and you know, funny to have it is that in the New York Times they had an article about this recently and. You know, they, they've MLB clearly recognizes that they have an issue and they largely focus on the African American demographic within this. Like, let me ask you something within, like, how many like African American baseball stars do you think there are that you can name right now? I could probably name three or four off the top of my head. But if, you, if you're not giving me time to think, I probably can think like three or four. Like who? Marcus Seaman, Seaman, Tim Anderson. Um, Oh crap, Chris. Well, he's not even that good anymore. The pitcher for the for the Rays. Okay, never mind. Two. Mm. Yeah. So 
that's kind of where it is. And and the one thing MLB sees it as is uh, their lack of representation. So when you think about back in the 50s and 60s or when baseball was breaking the color barrier, you had mainly African-American players, Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, uh, Roy Campanella, these players who appealed to the African-Americans who played. And also you had the Negro League. So prior to the integration, so you had large swaths of African-Americans who paid attention to baseball. But as more sports started to come onto the scene, they've kind of evolved and taken up with the culture or with African-American culture per se. And Major League Baseball hasn't so much so. And a lot of people might sit back and say, like, wait, there are black people. I see, you know, you know, David Ortiz is playing. He looks black or, you know, or, um, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's black. No. Yeah. Skin tone wise. But they're Latino. They're from Latin America. And yes, 30 percent of Major League Baseball is comprised of people from Latin America. Many of them have darker skin tones, but they are not african-american in terms you know when it comes to being from america and having that experience and major league baseball and even just greater society so the article makes mention of the fact that quote students of american culture know that since the early jazz age much as much of what has been considered cool and hip including those very words traced back to black creators and tastemakers and fashion literature and music including jazz soul and hip-hop the idea that black is cool right up through hip hop culture and fashion is such an integral part of American culture and what is cool to youth culture. And that's been like, what's the problem is, is that without that lack of, without that, um, you know, having that appeal, having that hip and cool factor within fashion, literature, music, that major league baseball is lacking. Like you see that in major league, like in the NBA, you have like if you even play like NBA 2K games, they have fashion like the designers that the kids like the youth kids will actually wear. They have music that they're listening to playing in the background or the soundtracks of the games. You know, the fact like they could dress up their their avatars in clothes that they would wear. So it, it, it taps into that and keeps them drawn in because it's like, oh. My favorite basketball player wears these sneakers. I'm going to wear these sneakers. They wear the same fashion stuff. Plus the music that they're listening to is the same thing. I can hear when I'm playing my game while I'm playing the basketball game. Like we don't see that much in Major League Baseball. And I think one thing that's kind of lacked in this article didn't really make mention of it mostly is it's like, okay, yes, they're making appeals. Like they have programs in inner cities um, like the Breakthrough Series, the Hank Area uh, uh, Invitational, Elite Development Invitational which gives kids like African-American kids from the inner city the opportunity to really progress within baseball, working with coaches that, you know, they probably wouldn't have access to where say as your kids in suburban America might have their parents might be able to hire a coach to work with their kid who plays on a team and stuff like that to push forward, to try to move into the majors. But even still, it seems like when it comes to the culture aspect and even just the, the, the game itself being played, like one thing that, is mentioned of is, is how with the overemphasis on statistics and like money ball approaches and overly shifting on players, it's taking away the excitement. Like we remember back in 98 when you had the juice ball with McGuire and Sosa and how that like brought baseball back after the 94 strike and everybody was so enthralled with it. It's like the so excitement that, of those days are gone. Get, so you're saying we should get all, we should all get roided up. Besides having people look like monsters when after they put steroids in their butt cheeks, 
do you actually believe in these programs? Um, no, I really don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> because I, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe if I had a little more exposure to see if they're actually people who are participating in them, in them, I think it's smart. And within this, they showcase this, um, prospect who's going to go probably number one in the draft. Can't remember his name and I should have referenced it, but he was, you know, he's, he's from actually Atlanta. And so like in the Atlanta area, he speaks mm-hmm. about oh, how all his friends you know, are in the football and, and basketball, but he really decided to stick it with baseball and that's cool and all, but there's not really that many kids who do that in baseball. Okay. You want to provide some um, outreach to inner cities to get more kids involved, but you got to also change the way the game is played and make it a little bit more enticing to them. And then also just be with it a little bit. You know, I think it's, it's cool when you have, you know, ludicrous and big boy, but they're, they're our generation. Like where's young thug? <laughs> where's little baby? You know what I mean? Like where are people who young kids are actually listening to performing for some of these MLB events and being involved with what's going on? Like it's, it's not, it's a different generation and they haven't really caught on to it. And I think if they don't, they're really going to, it's going to be a detriment. Like one statistic that they brought up was that, um, the most instant followed Instagram for major league baseball player is like 31, like ranked 31st. And it's Mike Trout and mm. everybody else. Like you think about it, baseball is supposed to be such a top sport when your most followed player is ranked number 31 out of like sports figures. Yeah. But that, that's that having X amount of social media followers is one metric which that's a poor showing, but I don't think it's the thing. I don't think it's the whole thing. I do think that the prospect you were talking about from Georgia is uh, Terramar Johnson, who's a shortstop second baseman out of Mays High School in Georgia. So, yeah, he's definitely projected to be one of the top five, top ten picks in the 2022 MLB draft. But all of these programs that MLB is doing. And I do, I do know about the Hank Aaron invitational because the Braves are always promoting what they're trying to do. I think all, whether it's the breakthrough breakthrough series, the elite development invitational and the Hank Aaron invitational and all the other invitationals that we don't know about. I think we need to give them a good 10 years to see because they're taking kids who are eight, 10, 12 years old, and it, obviously they're not going to turn pro the very next year. So it's going to have to take some time, whether these kids turn pro or they even go to play college baseball to win a scholarship and potentially, you know, get a free education while they play baseball at a high level. No, so true. we're going to have but to give it a good 10, 12 years. Yeah. But then does baseball even have that amount of time that it could afford? You know what I mean? It's like they're, they're losing their stature every single year, more and more. And they're not they're not gaining fans. And, you know, of course, a, a diverse game definitely will help do that, but also an entertaining game that's going to captivate more than just average fans. You know what I mean? Like, if the, like, I, like I said before, this World Series was a good series if you're a baseball fan. But if I'm just, you know, a random person who's strolling on my TV and, you know, I'm looking for something to captivate my attention, it wasn't it. Wasn't it. It wasn't that, you know, moment I'm going to sit back and drop everything and come back day after day after day. And then I'm going to say, you know what, this was so good. I'm going to watch this next season. And also with my my, my real first experience of, of 
finding baseball that entertaining was actually going to a game. And if you want to do outreach, if you really want to hit that demographic, make partnerships with your your school districts. You know, local schools didn't have game nights where, you know, you subsidize games to bring kids to because that's where you could truly get the essence of the baseball game. Watching on television could be boring. You know what I mean? Like three hours watching a game and you have a short attention span and then I got to watch this and, you know, see these people shifting over here. It could really make that problematic. So I think there are a lot of things MLB could do to help, you know, build their brand for the 21st century. And they need to start doing it quickly. You brought up a good point. Three hours if you're lucky, especially a playoff game. There's another wonderful podcast that I listen to all the time called Baseball America. And one of their co-hosts, J.J. Cooper, brought up a fantastic point. Speaking in the middle of the World Series, he was he said, last night's game, I forget what one of those games, went four hours. To Carlo, these games start at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And most of them don't end until about midnight. As J.J. Cooper said, the casual baseball fan is not going to stay up until midnight to watch one of the championship games of the World Series. Well, I know that's all convoluted because people have work to go to. People have kids. People have different sleeping schedules. Whatever. It's just you're asking too much. I just don't understand why we can't start these games at like 630 Eastern Standard Time. Everyone can go to bed by four, by 10 o'clock at night. I, again, I don't run baseball. I understand that there, you have to take in consideration the West Coast because everyone's still at work and travel times. I, I, it's playoff baseball, like all sports, in all sports, the playoffs are the absolute best, whether it's the NFL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, the Champions League knockout stages. Those playoffs are always the best most exciting, most dramatic, but they take way too dang long, way too long. But that's that's another completely different thing. But I'm happy that MLB is addressing. Is it lacking? Can there be more done? I'm sure. But at least it's doing, at least doing something to address, especially the underrepresentation of, of young African-American kids in, in baseball whether it's college baseball or minor leagues or the major leagues. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but yeah. Anyway, we can't predict the future of what, how these invitationals are going to turn out, what kind of kids are going to, are going to come out of these programs, but we're going to bring in Miss Cleo, Miss Cleo time, AKA weekly predictions to Carlo. I forgot to say this happy belated Halloween. Do you like Halloween? No, not really. <laughs> did you pass out Halloween? This oh, did you pass out Halloween? Did you pass out candy during Halloween this year? No. I actually, you know what's funny? In my where I live, they usually put a sign-in sheet and it's like, anybody who wants to get out candy, I never sign up. I don't want people coming in my I don't like you. I don't really like that many people. So when people <laughs> bother me, like it, it, I think it's kind of worse how society is now. Like, you know, at one point, like years ago, you get a phone call, you never knew who it was. There was no, you just pick up the phone and say hello, you know, and yeah. now it's like. You see a number, and if you don't know who it is, like, I'm not picking up the phone. Like, I screen it, and I'm just like, what the hell happened to me? You know what I mean? And What has yeah. happened to you, my friend? You're yeah, cynical. Like you need some good sugar rush for some ho- from leftover Halloween candy. <laughs> like, let me ask you this then, Mr. Grouch. Do you, do you believe in numerology? Um, I won't say I believe in it. I have an idea that sometimes 
it, what happens within it tends to manifest itself uh, in reality. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I'm not a big believer, but sometimes things happen in the universe. In the, universe. The, the world, life is very strange. And I want to bring up the fact, this is not something original, I'm just sharing with everyone, of numerology Ooh, with Miss Cleo, the Atlanta Braves, and the number 44. The number 44 is the retired jersey number of the great, as I said, Henry Aaron whose wife, Billy, had to be subjected to all those F-bombs earlier today at the parade. And it was brought out that, it was pointed out, not brought out, that his jersey obviously being 44. The Atlanta Braves had 44 wins before the All-Star break, and they had exactly 44 wins after the All-Star break. They won the World Series in the 44th week of the year. In the World Series between the Astros and the Braves, there was a grand total of 44 runs scored. And the Braves manager, Brian Snitker, he's been a part of the Braves organization as a minor league player, a coach, and a manager. He's now won the World Series in his 44th year of service with the organization. Mm. Last point, the Braves in all the postseason, they had scored 44 runs until... First baseman Freddie Freeman hit the last hit uh, solo home run in game six to make the score seven to nothing. And therefore, the Braves ended up scoring 45 runs in the entire postseason. How do you feel about that? Are you scared? No, I think maybe Hank Aaron. Uh, that was him saying, I, I gave this blessing on this team so that y'all win a championship this year. That's that's pretty that is pretty weird. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it's uh, it's not one of those things like, oh, it makes the hairs on your neck stand up. Not that, but it's like, wow. like Yeah, everything again, aligned at the perfect time. It was like, wow, very interesting. Yeah. At the like, same time. It's like, this is probably a simulation and somebody is making a, a subtle joke on our part and say, ha, ha, ha. No. Okay, Neo. Or who was the dude that betrayed them? He's a really uh, good actor. Her. What? Joe Panton. Yeah, he's a he's a really good actor. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Yeah, he when he was in the when we're talking about the Matrix when he was in that scene when he was in that fancy restaurant eating like a, a rare steak. I think it was. Yeah, or veal. I don't forget what he was. Eating. Uh, it was a steak. He was like, oh, yeah. you know, I know this is you know the Matrix is sending signals to my brain saying that this is juicy and this tastes good, but you know what? Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, something. <laughs> And then the harp playing in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go, people. There's your numerology, Wicca, ooh, Halloween thing of the day, courtesy of Miss Cleo and the Atlanta Braves with the number 44. Yes, and with uh, us being in the deep south, we want to give a little thanks to our show sponsors, Jenkins Fried Chicken and Grits. So, you know, whenever you get that hankering for a nice fried drumstick and the thigh, with some cheesy grits on the side, you always got to run into Jenkins. And Jenkins is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. After the club, you know what's up. Make sure you get in there, get a little sugar thrown in them grits as well. You will be feeling it. And after the Braves won, they are giving a $5 discount for orders of $44 and more. So make sure that you find yourself that a J Jenkins fried chicken and grits. Bringing all your Southern cooking cravings to you at an affordable price.
I think a lot of the people that are at the big boy and ludicrous concert right now, they're going to be stopping by Jenkins fried chicken and grits. Yes. And we're going to see a lot of videos on world star of people getting beat up or shot outside of Jenkins fried chicken and grits. So yes, be prepared. We hope not. We hope not. At the same time, people have people in the Atlanta. Do we not? It's quite entertaining seeing some of the hijinks that takes place in Jenkins and Waffle House. I mean, of course not when people are like extremely hurt, but it is funny when just a little bit hurt. Baby mama come in there and find her baby daddy who was out at the club because she was stalking on his on his Snapchat and was like he was like nah I'm sitting at home I'm watching the I'm game with my boys and he's out there I'm watching the parade people, you know twerking it up and stuff and and then yeah fights happen and people are just trying to eat the hash browns and the the, the waffle. Okay, you know we're trying to promote people to go to Jenkins Fried Chicken, not to go away from. No, that's what we're talking about. You ever see Waffle House closed? Those places are always successful. That's true. Don't get it twisted. That's true. Yeah, it's beautiful. So we're gonna enjoy some Jenkins Fried Chicken and grits tomorrow morning to soak up all the out all the fancy Napa wine and the champagne that the Braves are drinking. But in the meantime, people, Major League Baseball is over. That's it. After seven months from February from February until November, it's finally it's finally over in a bad way. But in the meantime, you can still take a break and still watch awesome high competitive baseball played in Latin America. And that's going to be my unsolicited advice segment. Watch the Dominican League Winter League. Watch the Dominican Winter League. Watch the watch the Mexican Pacific League. Or the Nicaraguan Winter League as well. We talked about this last year. I loved it. The competition is at a professional level. A lot of those players that play in Dominican Republic, Mexico, Nicaragua, Venezuela, they're either former Major League Baseball players, current Major League Baseball players who need more games to develop, or they're minor leaguers from that country and they go back to Mexico, they go back to the Dominican Republic, they go back to Nicaragua just again to continue that development because baseball is not going to come around for another four months or something like that. And how, so you're asking yourself, brave super fan Dorian, how do I get to watch these games? I'm going to tell you on for the Mexican Pacific league, you can throw down $69 and 99 cents. Unfortunately, they don't care about Hank Aaron in Mexico. So they, it wasn't a $44 special. I think it's a bit steep, the $69.99. You can go to extrabase.tv to watch the Mexican Pacific League. It's a high level. There's a lot of guys that play there you would recognize. The Dominican Leagues, the Dominican League and the Mexican League are the best winter leagues in baseball in Latin America. Nicaragua's right below it. And in Nicaragua, they there's five teams. It's a five-team league. You can watch it for free as opposed to playing 69 bucks for the Mexican league on YouTube. I think it's like uh, this YouTube channels like sport, sport TV, Nicaragua or game time sports. Just go on YouTube and just put LBPN, uh, LBPN baseball, and it'll send you there. They have a 40 rate, 40 game regular season. They have a 12 game postseason round Robin. It starts just recently started on the 4th of November. It's going to end on the 30th of January. The defending champions are Rivas, who beat the heck out of, I forget who it was. But anyways, two players I love, and we talked about them last year, is Willy Paredes, who's a Dominican pitcher for Leones de Leon, 
the Lions from the city of Lions. <laughs> and, of course, the outfielder, Juan Montes from Tren del Norte, who's the Dick Dastardy lookalike. We love him with his crazy, wacky mustache. So, And a, a funny thing about the Nicaraguan Winter League is that the Lions from the city of Lions, León, back on the beginning of October, they sent out a press release to Carlos saying, Due to issues and financials and this, that, and the other, we're not going to participate in the Winter League. And everyone was like, where the heck did this come from? Record scratch. 24 hours later, they send out another press release saying, psych, we're going to play. Everyone was like, what? What just happened? How are you going to, how is one of the, one of the teams from this league saying we're not going to play because of financial issues? And then 24 hours later, like, we found the money. We got it. Don't worry about it. Very Sketchy. Sketchy, weird. But apparently what happened was that the Nicaraguan government stepped in to do, I guess, kind of like on a much smaller scale, too big to fail. Like, no, we, we got to we gotta put in these uh, government <laughs> government loans or God knows what they were doing. But at least they're doing something for the people, for the people of the city of Lyons. And over in the Dominican Republic, it's a 16 league. You can watch it on MLB.tv, actually, for the low, low price of $24.99. In the Dominican League, they have 50 regular season games, and then they go to an 18-game postseason round robin. It started back on the 27th of October, so it just started, and it finishes in, on the 15th of January. And their defending champions are the Aguilas Cibaenas, the Eagles of Cibaenas. I have no idea where that city is in the Dominican Republic. Interestingly enough, Albert Pujols, the future Hall of Famer, he just finished his season with, a, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's playing for the Leones, the Lions, del Escogido, of some town, I guess, called Escogido. Who knows? On Halloween, when we're doing numerology in the Atlanta Braves, on Halloween, Albert Pujols hit a walk-off home run to lead his team, the Lions of Escogido. So I'm going to periodically be talking about the Winter Leagues, the games that I watch in future episodes, and I think you should as well, because they're really entertaining. and the fans in Latin America are, they bring a different flavor to it. They, they, they play music in the, in the stands. They bring all this crazy things. It's so fun just to see the atmosphere of baseball in a different, in a completely different country than watching it in uh, at a major league baseball stadium or even a, a minor league stadium in the United States. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And just to give all of our friends a heads up before we head off, we got a new listener for Singapore. So join in the party. Always keep that in mind. And also, now that MLB is hitting the offseason, we will not be publishing an episode every week. More bi-weekly, but you'll hear from us. And make sure you subscribe so that you get those alerts. But with that being said, we want to wrap up this episode. And you know, wrapping up a great Major League Baseball season. So thank you for listening to our podcast where we talk about baseball, drinks, comedy, comedy roasts. Are we talking comedy roasts? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And everything else under the sun. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a review and rate us. It helps with the analytics. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HBP4040. And our Instagram is Hipster Baseball Podcast. It's all one word. The drinks that we are drinking, of course, will be in the show notes. And make sure that you do join us next time 
for a brand new episode of HPP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Peace. And go Brandon.